The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. All the teachers, the Lord bless you for all the hard work, the inputs, the sacrifices, and making our children what God is using them to be. We celebrate you and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. A Merry Christmas to everybody. I'd like you to turn around to someone and tell them, Happy Christmas. I ask them, what are you eating tomorrow? <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Before we go into what we have to share this morning, I'd like to read you um, a goodwill message from the premier of um, the premier of our lovely province. It says, "Have a blessed and joyful Christmas, December 2023." I'm pleased to extend warm greetings to our friends in RSCG Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. As we celebrate the birth of Christ, on this sacred day, you gather to reflect on the blessings of faith, family, and community. This is also a time to experience the joy of spending time with loved ones, enjoying festive meals, exchanging gifts, I hope we have, taking part in family traditions, and building cherished memories. I thank our RSCG Throne of Grace Richmond Hill community for your contribution to our rich traditions and to the life of this great province. On behalf of my family and the government of Ontario, I wish you many blessings and all the best during this holiday season. Doug Ford, Premier, Ontario Province. You know, a great testimony um, somebody shared with me in the course of the week. I think, I don't know whether it was last week or upper week that um, we went out to distribute some things in the community. And then somebody put it out there on a social media platform and said, oh, what a community this is. To be able to share a love like never before. And I'd like to use this opportunity to thank everyone who had not only given towards that event, and us, but also have committed towards sharing Christ in our community. That is the reason for Christmas. That's the reason why Christ came. And that is the reason why we are grateful that God is at work, not only in us, but is also at work in our community. And 2024, we'll do more in Jesus' mighty name. And those of you who have your gifts, please, after service today, don't go away with them. What, what we notice with some people is that they just come dump the gifts with uh, ushers. That is not the intention. The intention is that you have the name, uh, so you call the person and say, hey, Merry Christmas. I have your gifts. It's a lovely gift. Except if you are shy to give that gift to the person. <laughs> or you should not be shy to give your token, you know, when, when they presented gift to Jesus Christ. And th that was the best they could give. So whatever you are giving is the best you could give. 
and God sees your heart. I will honor it in Jesus' mighty name. So please, let's give our gifts. And um, if you don't receive your gifts uh, after next Sunday, please see me and uh, we'll, uh, we'll sort it out. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Let's not forget that this Sunday is the last Sunday of the year. Let's come as we just bring our praise and our worship unto God. It's going to be a short service because in the evening we are having Arise 2023. And it's going to be a bank. Please, as you come, don't come alone. Invite somebody. And I'm sure the Lord will bless us richly in Jesus' name. Of course, ministering is going to be Alesh and then Tommy Favored. And a whole lot of so many other things that's happening that night. Praise the name of the Lord. I'd like to just finally just quickly acknowledge and then um, use the opportunity to thank everyone who have given me and my family gifts. Some have uh, marvelously just overwhelmed us with the show of love and affection. We're truly, truly, truly grateful. So please, if I don't send you a personal text message, just because the, the gifts have been so overwhelming that sometimes we don't even know who is who. Sometimes people drop gifts for us and they don't even write the names. Some along the line, maybe the names get missing and we don't know who it is. But please, we greatly, greatly appreciate your love. We appreciate your gift. And according to her, our general overseer will say, next year, you'll do more. <laughs> and and that, that just simply means that next year, God will empower you more. God will bless you more. God will enrich you more. And as you sow, the Lord will sow back into your lives. In Jesus' mighty name. I'd like to acknowledge my father, uh, biological and spiritual, here. Lord bless you, sir, Reverend Dr. Canon Israel Obechia. Thank you very much for joining us today. And also, I have a spiritual father who uh, is also here. He's my pastor, none other, many of us know him, Reverend Titi Mensa. I acknowledge you, sir. Thank you very much for being with us today. Next Sunday, by the special grace of God, is going to be bringing us a word as we close the year. And uh, I deeply appreciate and love you. The Lord bless you richly. In Jesus' mighty name. So, Father, we want to thank you. We thank you as we go into your word. Because your word brings life. It produces change. It produces a turnaround. Thank you for Jesus. And thank you for what all that Christ represents. Accept our thanks and our praise. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Now we're going to read together Luke chapter 1. And I'd like to kindly request that we all please be upstanding. They're going to project the scriptures on the screen. We're going to read together from Luke chapter 1, 26. Down to 38. For the sake of our time, we're going to stop there. And that's simply because I'd like for us to take some lessons from the context of the story as we talk about the true story of Christ. Are we ready? One, two, go. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary who was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. 
Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asks the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The the Holy Spirit will overcome. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. It will be called the son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren. But she has conceived a son now a six months. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. May the word of God be real to us in the name of Jesus. You may kindly please be seated. You know, on Friday, we started with the story about the birth of Jesus. And, and for those who were here on Friday, we, we did say why, one of the major reasons why he came. But you see, today I'm going to build up on that a bit and just draw out some lessons that we see about the birth of Christ. You see, a couple of times, what we find in life and in the world to all together is that some people believe the true story of Christmas and some don't. Some believe that Oh, this story of Christmas or Christ being born is just a fabul. It's just a mess story. Something that, but it's not true. How, how, can, how can God come into a man or a woman rather and then suddenly the woman becomes pregnant and this lady did not meet a man? That is because it doesn't meet the human type of imagination. It does not re- resonate with our reasoning. And sometimes we conclude by saying, I'm not too sure that is really possible. So people say, no, that is not true. The, the, the truth, friends, is, is that because God now decided to look, hey, make it clear that this is a reality. The scripture opens and tells us that in the sixth month, Elizabeth was pregnant. In other words, God was giving references of people who were there who could testify of the fact that a woman gave birth to a son. He said Elizabeth was there pregnant because the angel before then, six months before then, had engaged with her. And, and if, you, if you look at the story of Elizabeth, you realize that Elizabeth was a relative of Jesus. In fact, the husband is a man called Zechariah. And the scripture tells us that Zechariah was from the lineage of the division called Abijan. In other words, that was the tribe under which his lineage came from that ministered in the temple. 
Now, as if the God wanted to just break it down a little bit, he began to tell us that this man or this man and this woman were advanced in age. In fact, if you look at scriptures, the Bible says that uh, when the angel appeared to Zacharias and said, look, hey, you're going to have a child. Zacharias said, hey, I'm 98. I'm very old. And my wife, he did not say the wife is very old, the wise man. He said, my wife is advanced in age. <laughs> no woman likes to be called very old, even when they are 88. At this time, this woman was 87. But this, this man was wise. He said, my wife is advanced in age. Because he, he, he couldn't... Can you imagine if somebody would say to you, you are old? Men can take it, but ladies, I don't know why. But they can't take it. Incidentally, when they are 18... They, they increase their age, and they ask, how, how old are you now? Oh, I'm 19. They're 18. Oh, you're 19? I said, no, I'm 20. I'm going to 20, but you're 19. But when they cross over to 21, how old are you? Oh, I am, uh, they reduce it. <laughs> so God began to make references and say, look, hey, I've sent a, a angel Gabriel, one of the angels, so this to Zacharias, your relative, and he's going to be carrying a foreigner. He's going to be carrying a man called John the Baptist to, to tell you that, hey, if I can do this for her, I can also do it for you. If I can do it for a 99-year-old man or 88-year-old woman, I can also do it for you. Because science says that at that kind of age, it's no more menopause. It's menostop. You know, when you pause it, it can probably restart. But when it is stopped, it is stopped. I don't know what they call it, menopause. But for this once, it, it was menopause. Menostop. It had just stopped. There's no way, there's no way anything can restart it. There's no way. In, in fact, the the the, the the, the oldest person in biological history that I know that probably have, they've said based on reviews that I've given birth was somebody who was a 75 year old from somewhere from India. So at 88, giving birth, this must be the hand of God. It must be the hand of God. And somebody hearing the sound of my voice, the reason for Christmas is that the hand of God can still reach out to you. It does not matter what your circumstance is. God can still reach out to you. He can still reach out to you. He can still reach out to you. So God began to say to this woman, "Say, look, hey, I've, I've gone ahead to, to, to Zacharias and I've gone ahead to Elizabeth and I've said something to them. And then listen, friends, the first lesson I'd like for us to draw here is that if you look at Luke chapter 1 and verse 6, reading from that scripture, the Bible talks about Elizabeth and Zacharias. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and the ordinances of God, blameless. How can there be righteous people, blameless people, yet they had problems? Righteous, blameless, but had problems. Listen, friends, lesson number one we must learn from the story of Christmas is that whether you are righteous or not, you are not immune to the challenges of life. You're not immune. You're not immune. 
You may be righteous and blameless, but you're going to see have problems. The Bible talks about the righteous having many problems. So if you must live a godly life, you're going to have many problems. So if you have problems today, welcome to the world of God. Because that same God is at work in us. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, all things work together for good to them that love God that are called according to his purpose. So, so friends, in spite of your challenges, that is why Christ came. That's why he came. That's why he came. So uh, Angel Gabriel stepped forward after giving this introduction. Uh, and then in verse 28 of the book of, of Luke chapter 1, Angel Gabriel introduces himself to, Ma to Mary and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. And in my head, when I was reading through the scripture, I said, Angel Gabriel is a great being. If you look at it from probably the, you want to make a comparison between this kind of great being and man, you will not want to, I wouldn't expect this kind of great being to show an ordinary Mary some courtesies. I would have just appeared and said, hey Mary, God has sent me to you. But look at what he said here. And this gives us the second lesson of Christmas. Everyone must understand that showing of courtesy to everyone is the price that heaven wants you to pay. Showing of courtesies. He says, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Greetings. Listen, friends, politeness won't cost you anything, but it gives you everything. It won't. Good manners, they say, you know, it's, it's just a way of showing other people that you have respect for them. Oh, he must have heard in heaven, go and tell this favored child that she's going to carry the son of God. And then that extended the courtesies. Listen, friends, every child of God is favored of God. Every child of God, whether it's young whether old, whether an infant, favored of God. Why? Because this person was bought for, paid for by the precious blood of Christ. So in heaven, the Bible says there's joy in heaven when one soul, you know, gets grabbed, introduced into the family of God. So when God sees you, he sees you special. He sees you not just an ordinary person, but a favored child. So if that person is favored, please don't look down on them. Don't look down on them. Don't look down on them. The person you are looking onto is not the person you see, but the God in them. So the angel introduced himself with a, some great kind of courtesies. Courtesy and say, greetings, favored one. Greetings, favored one. Then the story continues that Mary became confused. Mary became confused. Please, when people show you courtesy, don't wonder why are they, why are they showing me this kind of courtesy. Don't. Even though Mary wondered, the scripture says that Mary became confused in verse 29. And disturbed, Mary cried, became worried. I said, ah, but, 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 but why? She tried to think what the angel could mean. She tried to think 
Why is he greeting me like this? Maybe God is saying to you, now look, you are favored. And you are thinking, how can I be favored when things are not even adding up? You are confused. You are disturbed. Maybe suddenly, you know, when the angel appeared to Mary, she was overwhelmed. And she was wondering, what is going on here? Have you been suddenly overwhelmed by life? The events of life? Are you saying to yourself, how can you call me favored? Maybe that was what Mary was thinking about. How can he call me favored? How can he say God is with me when I'm going through all the face of the challenges I'm going through right now? How can I be favored? Can I be favored? What kind of favor is this? When I say everything seems to be going south and not adding up. It was as though the angel was reading the mind of Mary and then suddenly said, hey, fear not. Tell somebody, fear not. Tell someone else, fear not. And I think that is the lesson number three that we need to get from the, the story of Christmas. Fear not. Verse 30, the scripture says, don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a child. And this child will be called Jesus. This child will be called Jesus. This child will be called Jesus. And if you look at the mind of Mary, and kindly speaking, if, if an angel suddenly appears to you and, and then says to the young lady, I don't know which young lady I will probably make a reference to, and they say, hey, you, you're going to give birth, Annie, you're going to give birth. <laughs> and then they say, hey, there's one guy, there's just one guy, we don't even know where we are standing. When I was young, they said, hey, I'm going to marry her, him. But it's in his father's house. I don't even have him. I don't, we've not met. Angel, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? It's just like saying an angel appears to me and say, hey, Israel, you're going to become the prime minister or the president of China. There's no way in the world. I don't even know. <laughs> oh, 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 an, an angel appears, you know, the problem maker, and say, hey, you're going to become the next king of UK, England. There's no way in the world, in the wildest imagination, that could ever happen. It's not possible. It's not possible. It's not possible. And, and often, and it, often than not, Sometimes we take it with excitement and often again, you see, when messages or prophecies or words of God come, we take it for some time with an excitement and then next, next thing, the reality hits us and we begin to wonder. So Mary would have said, wow, mother of Christ. And then suddenly she, she begins to think, back in the days, if you give birth without a husband, it's death. They stone you. So Mary was thinking in her head about I'm a virgin. How am I going to explain this to Holy Joe? How am I going to explain it to Holy Joe? Even when Holy Joe was already thinking, how am I going to separate? How am I going to get, get rid of this woman? How am I going to get rid of her? He, her? Now, you, 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 you think about it. If suddenly your fiancé comes and says, um, bro, <laughs> 
uh, I don't know whether you understand this, but uh, I'm pregnant. Yeah? You're, you're pregnant? How? How? Oh, Holy Spirit just came on me. Ah, Holy. <laughs> it is difficult to conceptualize. It's difficult to conceptualize. But, but you see, friends, often and again, God will interrupt your life with his purpose and his counsel. He will interrupt your life. In, in this case, God interrupted the life of Mary. Mary was never expecting to carry this great blessing. Mary was never expecting that the realization of a change in her life would become real. So, instead of being excited, Mary started looking at the downside of it and became afraid. And God began to say, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Oh, some of you, when you were coming into this country, there were great things that you had God say to you. But suddenly when the robber meets the road, fear grabs you. Fear grabs you. Oh, some of you, you were engaged in a relationship with a wonderful guy or wonderful woman. And then when the robber meets the road, you realize, oh my God. Lord, but I thought you said this. I thought you said this. Oh, some of you had perfect dreams of healthy family. But when the robber meets the road, God gives you a child with a special need. You're saying to yourself, Lord. God is saying to you, fear not. I know what I'm doing. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither my ways, your ways. He says, as the heaven is high from the earth, so... My ways are higher than your ways. And your, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 8. Tell somebody fear not. Tell somebody else fear not. Because whatever it is, God is still at work. God is still at work. God is still at work. And that takes me to the next event that happened in the life of Mary. Because suddenly after the angel said to her, fear not. You know, the angel now decided to give her an understanding of the potentials and the powers of God. And there in verse 37, the Bible says that the angel said to Mary, For with God, nothing will be impossible. Friends, the story of Christmas, the true story of Christmas is for us to come to a realization that with God, nothing is impossible. So that could be said to be lesson number four. Nothing is impossible. In other words, I'm a virgin, but with God, God can make a virgin carry a child. I'm barrel, but God can make a barrel woman carry a child. I've given you dreams. God can bring about the fulfillment of that dreams. Oh, I've given you potentials in life. God can make it happen. Virgins don't give birth to babies. But God can bring virgins to bring him back to babies. Friends, so with God, nothing is impossible. In other words, God was saying to Mary, and the same voice God is saying to Mary, God is saying to you today. He says, look, trust me in this. Trust me. Trust me. 
Trust me. Trust me. The doctors may have given you a bad report, but that is why God came through Jesus. So that that incurable disease can be cured. So he's saying, trust me because I can do the impossible. He can restore marriages. He can heal that child. He can make the impossible things become possible. Friends, there is no impossibility with God. There's none. Let me take it a little bit, a little bit deeper. Let me take it a little bit deeper. You see, our life outcomes, what happens in, to our life, what our lives eventually become, is a product or a function of our obedience to whatever it is that God says to us. In other words, God's responsibility is the outcome. Man's responsibility or man's role is obedience. God said to Mary, hey Mary, you are going to bring forth a child. Mary had to just believe it. And then that is it. Every now and then when God speaks over your life, God is expecting you to believe what he says and then take an action if it's required. Then leave, it, leave the rest to God. Most of the time what we find is that we are looking for God, how are you going to do it? Mary said, how can this thing be? And he just said, look, hey, this is how it's going to be. But, but, but friends, it is not your responsibility to begin to check out on how God is going to do what he says to do. Yours is to believe him. Yours is to believe him. And when, once you believe him, life and everything about life changes altogether. Mary was planning her life. She was imagining how to get married. But suddenly God interrupted that space and believed what God has said about her. And then that changed her history. Today she's celebrated all over the world. Some even faith canonize her. And all that stuff. Friends, listen and listen properly. God is going to present opportunities into your life. That all you need is to believe. All you need is to take a step of faith and trust God. Because with God, nothing is impossible. A woman in 2 Kings chapter 4 called the woman of Shunem had her life interrupted. And you see, the way God interrupts people's life is that God can just send an instruction. That may be the miracle that you need for a change. And, and listen, friends, God is still looking for lives to interrupt for the big move he wants to bring about in these last days. Uh, you see, the, the story of scripture, the story of Christmas is not complete because there's still so many big moves that God wants to make before the end of time. If you read through scriptures, you realize that there's going to be a time where, you know, some weaknesses, you know, will be out there publicizing and declaring of God. There's so many great things that God still wants to do as we close the age. But could it be you that God is trusting or depending on to interrupt his life or her life to bring about this next big move? Could it be you? Interrupted this woman of Shunem and said to shoot this woman and said to her, I'm sending a servant, my servant to you called Elijah. And Elijah showed up and said to this woman, and said, hey woman, can you give me a meal to eat? And the woman said, I don't have anything, just about to die. But through Elijah, God said to this woman, give me the last and then that was, she just obeyed. 
and that was a turnaround in her life. She just obeyed, and that was a turnaround. God may be saying to someone right now, there are instructions I'm sending your way. There are things I'm sending your way. There are things I'm sending, saying about you, telling you, will you obey? If Mary did not obey, that would have ended the story for her. God would have still used someone else. But Mary wouldn't have been the person to be used. But Mary obeyed, and her life was different. Friends, God comes into our lives in different ways. Your miracle may happen just about as you're going. And God says to you, do this. You go ahead and do it and that becomes your turnaround. That becomes your change. So I'd like you to pay close attention to the things that God says to you. And as you pay close attention, get to do them. Get to do them. Get to do them. So God said to this woman, nothing shall be impossible. And then God began to show her. And show up in her life. The Bible brings us to the seven lessons I'd like to draw from here. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 35, the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Somebody hearing the sound of my voice, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Somebody hearing the sound of my voice, the Holy Spirit would overshadow your marriage. The Holy Spirit would overshadow your career. It would overshadow your life. Favor will begin to pop out where there was no favor. Change will begin to happen. Why? Because of the power of the Holy Spirit. He said the Holy Spirit would overshadow you. You see, we've we got to understand that the introduction of Christ into the scene was the advent or the beginning of the help of the Holy Spirit also into the life of men. Before then, the Holy Spirit used to come and go. He would come, rest upon the bodies of pastors, of prophets, and then he would shake them mightily, and then when he shakes them, he would go back. Remember this case of Samson? Samson, the power of God would come mightily, and then there was so much power. How can a man... Catch a lion with bare hands. And then the Bible says, he tears this lion with bare hands. And then, as if he was tearing a young goat. That, was, that must have been power from on high. In fact, there was once that the power of the God came upon him. The, a city gate. Major city gate. This guy grabbed it, shook it, lifted it, and carried it about how many kilometers to the hill. That was crazy power. That's crazy power. It's crazy power. Friends, we undermine the power that the Holy Spirit has come to give to us. We undermine it. We undermine it. And you see, the birth of Christ was what brought the dispensation of the Holy Spirit because he came, Christ came, the Holy Spirit dwelt on Christ, and when Christ left, Jesus sent him with full power and authority into our lives. That is why today, he does not come and go anymore. He resides here. He lives in you. He lives in you. And because he lives in you, can you imagine dimensions of grace that's available to you? Because Christ was born. Somebody said the Holy Spirit would overshadow me. Somebody said the Holy Spirit would overshadow me. But that's the story of Christmas. It is ability or inability giving way to abilities. It is power 
or weakness giving way to power. In other words, anything you cannot do before now, when the Holy Spirit overshadows you, you'll be the best in your class. When the Holy Spirit overshadows you, the business you don't even know how to do, you become able to do it. When the Holy Spirit overshadows you, if you don't know how to do stuff in the kitchen, he'll do it with grace. The grace. With grace. Oh, I, I think that this is one of the greatest gifts of Christmas that we must, we must, we must embrace with all of our hands. You know, two days ago, oh, about close to a week now, I was looking for one of my reading glasses and I was wearing it on my head. That day, I recall very vividly. And then I was helping, you know, in doing some stuff in the house. In the process of doing this stuff, I don't know where the thing pulled off, whether I fell outside or fell somewhere. And I sacked everywhere. I sacked everywhere. Sacked everywhere and I couldn't find it. The possible places I checked. And... I said to my wife, please, can you help me look for this? The default, the default mechanism for most men. And she said, okay, I'll look for it. And she looked and she didn't see it. So, I think on Friday, Thursday or Friday, I can't remember now, after frustrations of looking for this, I said, instead of it being frustrated about looking for this glass, why not go and get another glass? My wife said to me, why not just exercise some patience? Or have you talked to the Holy Spirit about this? I said, well, it's not everything you talk to the Holy Spirit. Let me go and get it. <laughs> let me just go and get it. Let me just go and get a pair of glasses. So I booked an appointment, went to the doctors, and then did a new recommendation. And uh, um, they said, okay, they're going to send it to me. So yesterday, it just suddenly dawned on me. But why, why are you trivializing the help that I've sent you? Why are you trivializing it? Why are you trivializing it? And you know when the Holy Spirit begins to really nudge you, you really know that you really need to wake up. And I say, oh please, Holy Spirit, I'm very sorry. I'm very, very sorry. Very sorry. Okay, please, bring me the glasses. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> My wife went into the kitchen. There were bags of you know, all these uh, gift bags that she has piled up, she was somewhere off the shelf that she was just piled up there for next Christmas so they can bring out and pack things in there. How did the glass get into those box, piles of envelopes or packs or whatever it is? Only God knows. She brought down the pack, trying to get a pack to, you know, put things for people. And then suddenly saw the glass inside the pack. How did the But, but could you have imagined I lived one week of frustration. I went to pay over $500 to do eye testing and then buy another glass that I could have saved if I had just called on the Holy Spirit. Please help me here. Too many of us were frustrated in life when we have a helper. We're spending resources we ought not to spend when we have a helper. We are worried about so many things when we have a helper. He said the spirit of God will overshadow you. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. 
that, that is the end time force all of us need to live a victorious Christian life. That is why he came. Oh, you've been struggling about how to tell lies or how not to tell lies or about telling lies. What you need is not to struggle. You need the Holy Spirit. Oh, if, if, if you see a man in skirt or a woman in... I don't know whether men wear skirt now. And your eyes are roving. What you need to deal with issues of immorality is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Are there areas of life where you are struggling with sin, friends? Are there weaknesses in your life? Oh, all of us have it. Every man born of woman has some elements of weaknesses, areas you are struggling with. Maybe you are a young boy, you are a young man. Oh, they have introduced you to some substance, drugs, or whatever it is. And you want to break through, break free, or break loose. And you still find yourself struggling. You need the Holy Spirit. Just tell him, please, I've struggled enough. I just need your help. Need your help. You struggled in marriage. Oh, he's the best guide that can provide you the guide of how to live a successful marital life. Somebody's just throwing tantrums in the house and then just raving and raking and just saying all sorts. And you want to say something and he says to you. According to one of what my one of my friends would say, bankete. You know what they call bankete. That's how this, that's how this, that's it, that. And then you are boiling inside. But when you remember that word, Bankety means that every bit of peace you require in your home. But friends, the Holy Spirit is our guide. He says, I will send you the helper. Friends, that is the reason for Christmas that you can be enabled with power from on high to be the best that God has ordained you to become. He will overwhelm you, he will overwhelm you, he will empower you. It will fill you with everything that you need to be all that you In the mighty name of Jesus. As we begin to draw this to a close, the Bible says that we take the jump to the book of Luke chapter 2. We take a jump to the book of Luke chapter 2 as we bring this to a close. So Mary accepted everything. Accepted what the Holy, that the Holy Spirit will empower her. And then Mary ran immediately, you know, out of faith to El- El- Elizabeth. If you read down the story, to confirm these things that have been said, then suddenly he got to Elizabeth's house, and then the baby in the womb of Elizabeth jumped up. The Bible says, leaped for joy. In other words, wow, I've seen the mother of the Son of God. And then, of course, we know the rest of the story Elizabeth began the prophecy started and suing and all, all of that. But you see, if fast forward, the scripture now tells us in Luke chapter 2. I'm reading from verse 6. So it was in Luke chapter 2, verse 6. Now, while they were there, the days were complete for Mary to be delivered. And she brought forth her son, firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the inn. 
lesson number six. How can the son of God be born? And there was no room for him. How can, they, how can that be? How can that be? How can it be that Christ have told us that he's coming back again and we're not preparing for him? How can it be? How can it be that he, he said to you that you're going to have a colorful future and you're not expectant of the colors, the glories to come? How can it be? How can it be? That the hospitals were all full at the same time. The hotels were all full. If you notice that scripture, you realize that Jesus Christ was born and the rulers of its time missed him. They missed him. The, the professors of religion, the spiritual leaders of the time missed him. Even church folks missed him. Are we celebrating Christmas? And really, is it really that we are celebrating ourselves and not the one who is the celebrant? I think Reverend was sharing with me. I can't remember when it was. I think so. And he said that in, what we find now is Christmas. Christmas is about the birthday of Jesus. That's, that's what Christmas is. So imagine for a moment, it is your birthday today or tomorrow. And then uh, people are just buying gifts for themselves. They are buying presents for themselves. They are buying everything for themselves. And then uh, when tomorrow comes... They're not even giving you the gift. They're expecting you to give them gifts. How will you think? No room. No room. And friends, many are missing him. Within the context of the events and the pleasures and the excitements and the shoppings and everything. In fact, the truth is that Christmas has been commercialized. Commerce is not the true essence of Christmas. It's not. Oh, trust me, go to malls on Boxing Day. Everywhere will be packed. You will even find place. Go to York Day Mall or Square One Mall. You will find place to step on. Why? The world has twisted the story and rather have commercialized it for themselves. May we not miss him. May we not miss him. May we not miss him this season. May this season for you be a time to really look at what he came for. And give him glory. May you this season look up and say, oh, I thank you for what you have done. For paying the price for me. For coming to die for me. For saving me. Oh, oh, may you look up and, and be able to celebrate him. In other words, give him some moment of your life to say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Because the event of his coming is just a prelude to other things that are to come. It's a prelude to other things that are to come. And friends, may we celebrate with understanding. And that understanding should be that hey, he came so that at the end of the day he will come and take us home. So every year as you celebrate until Christ comes, 
you must have at the back of your mind that there's a greater future ahead. In other words, how are you prepared for that future? How are you ready for him? How are you ready for his coming? I think in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 15, it says, For the Lord himself, verse 16, will descend from heaven with a shout, with a loud voice, with a voice of an archangel. And the trump of God will sound, the dead in Christ will rise. Friends, he came so they can come back again for you. That's the true reason for Christmas. That's the true reason for Christmas. But the question is, are you prepared? May we not miss him. May we not miss him. The last lesson, and I close here. Luke chapter 2 and verse 10. Then the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, fear not, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Friends, no matter where you are in life, no matter your experiences, the ups and the downs of your experiences, the greatness or the weakness of your experiences, he came to give you good news. So this morning there's good news. Tell somebody there's good news. There's good news. There's good news. There's good news that everything about your life can be better. And that's why he came. There's good news. He said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. John 10 verse 10. I think the scripture puts it in this way in the Passion Translation. He said, but I have come to give you everything in abundance. What a joy. What a glory. What an honor. What a privilege. I've come to give you everything. In other words, joy, abundance, peace, abundance, restoration, abundance, healing, abundance, love, abundance, prosperity, abundance. That is why he came. So friends, this is good news. This is good news. This is good news. In other words, he's saying to you and I, joy has come. Peace has come. Joy has come. Peace has come. Restoration has come. Healing has come. Love has come. Prosperity has come. Everything that you need has come. If you believe it, shout, jump to your feet and just give him a shout. 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 Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.